Please be seated, everybody. And we're going to try uh, and speak to John Ducker. Uh, John, you know, is uh, away two months in Bangladesh. John is a radiographer. Uh, you'll have seen him playing the guitar here. And uh, he's out in Bangladesh offering his skills to a hospital way out in the sticks. Morning, John. Hey, morning. It's not morning for you. Everyone's going to say <laughs> hi, John. Hi, John. It's hey, it's lovely to hear you. Uh, it's good to hear you too. I know you've done a day's work, so thank you for uh, yeah. hanging on to speak to us. Just so we've got an idea about what a normal day is like, what have you been up to today? Uh, today, uh, I started off my work at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we, we go into the hospital, um, and more or less the same as back at home. So we'll just, just wait around for patients to come, uh, and then we'll do lots of chest x-rays, lots of abdomen x-rays, a few arms and legs, a few facial bones. Uh, we normally, if it's quiet and for our tea breaks, we'll go and have tea with the chaplains and, um, see the rest of the hospital normally. Fantastic. I, I know you were, have been saying in the communications we've had up to now that the hospital is, is very different, obviously, from uh, yes. what we would be used to here. Can you just describe that and, and also the condition that people are by the time they end up coming into hospital? Of course, yeah. The hospital itself is, um, is actually very, very basic in the things it's got. Imagine... Um, uh, imagine Ipswich Hospital maybe 50 years ago, and that's the sort of conditions you're looking at. So they've got the very, very basic equipment to everything. Um, but what they do with it is absolutely amazing. Uh, you want me to describe the people who normally come. The problem with being out here is that for people to come into the hospital would mean that they would have to not do a day's work. And because the, the rate of poverty and the rate of unemployment is here, they only come in when they absolutely have to. So they physically can't carry on their, their normal day. So normally what we'll see is things that we'd see back at home, but many, many months down the line. So the, so the conditions that people come in, and they're normally in quite a bad way by the time they actually come to us. It must be very frustrating to know that help would be available much easier if only they came. Yes, it is. That can be really hard, actually. It can be really hard. Um, within my first week of being here, uh, one of the relatives of, of uh, one of the members of staff came in, and it was someone who was very close to a lot of people, and it was really difficult because that gentleman died. Um, and it was hard knowing that if he would have been in just the Ipswich Hospital, with all the technology we had, he probably would have survived, and that was quite hard. And it was also hard. There was a, a young lad who came in, um, who, without trying to go into too much gory detail, his... Um, his, his, his muscle wall hadn't closed when he was born. So as a result, some of the bowels were outside of his body, uh, which were doing fine back in Ipswich. But since we're over here, he didn't come in until four years later. So he had four years of this condition, and unfortunately we couldn't, we couldn't get everything as it should be. So he, as a consequence, died during one of the operations. 
Well, it's certainly things for us to be standing with you in prayer. So you've obviously seen and felt a lot of things you don't normally see and feel when you're walk, working at Heath Road. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you're getting on and, and uh, the sights and sounds? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm actually, despite how bad everything's just sound is the way I've described it, it's absolutely amazing here. Like I say, the, the stuff that people do with the limited amount of equipment that they have is, is amazing, and despite, it seems like, uh, how to describe it, like the eye of the storm, you know, so we get the worst that the world can throw at us, um, but despite of all of that, God is doing so much stuff here, it is truly amazing, and it's, it's, it's humbling to see the faith uh, that these guys have, and it's amazing to see God at work, and what he's doing. So um, uh, to share a story with you, the other day, one of my friends, one of her doctors, um, and she said to one of her patients, um, I'm very sorry, to, uh, I've done everything I can, you are, you are dying. She told the relatives to pray for her. The next morning came back, the patient was sitting up, eating, eating breakfast, walking around, absolute miracle. She was amazed. Praise God, that sounds fantastic. Tell us about some of the yes. other... Tell us some about the other Christian experiences that you've had. I know you've written, written recently about uh, the persecution that you've seen out there. Mm, yes, yeah, that's, that, that's been quite hard to see. And um, it's sort of shocked me, uh, the amount of persecution that the, the Christians go through, very much uh, in, in the very local vicinity of the church, uh, sorry, the, the hospital, there's many Christians, and they seem to be okay. But just outside, that every Christian who I've spoken to when I've been out with the chaplains told me that uh, they have or, or are going through some form of persecution, and that can either be with uh, the, the families and the friends cutting them off completely and just cutting them out of everything, or that can go as far as them being beaten or even killed. So that's, that's been hard. It's been hard to, to speak to those sort of people. And I've, it is hard to know what to say to those people. So whenever we come across them, I've just prayed with them. And it's, that's been amazing. One chap told me, uh, he was the leader of a small church. He said that um, they, can take, uh, they can take away my family. They can take away my land. They can take away everything I own. They can even take away my life. But I will never give up Jesus. I guess it's faith like that that brings heaven to earth and you see the miracles that you talked of uh, earlier going on as well. Yes, yeah, it really does, yes, yeah. You've been, you've been making Amazing. some friends as well, I know, John. Tell us about the, the, the young man with cerebral palsy. Uh, yes, well, uh, the, there's a young chap, I think last, one of my early emails spoke about uh, a, young, a very young lad with uh, the wasting disease in his legs who, who couldn't walk. Um, very recently, I've been uh, in contact with a, a young disabled lad. He's probably around about my age. Um, he's got cerebral palsy very badly in his legs, uh, so he can't he can't walk. He can't stand. He's got a wheelchair that's very very low to the ground, so he can get himself in and out. Now, because of the the climate, the ground is very dusty and very dirty. And because of the culture, nobody sits on the ground ever. Everyone squats or they put something down underneath them if they're going to sit down. And I did notice this by looking around. And it's because if you sit on the ground, 
the ground is dirty, so therefore you become dirty. Uh, this chap, with his legs, he has to sit on the ground, he has no choice. If he's moving along the ground without his wheelchair, he has to literally drag himself through the dust and through the dirt. So his, in, in the culture, he's very, very dirty. You know, you wouldn't really go near him, so to speak. Uh, and it's been lovely actually because the other day I saw this happening, I was, I was working with them doing some gardening and again there's, there is a class culture out here unfortunately um, and being a young white man who's British means I'm right at the top of their class culture and I saw him just sitting on the ground doing the garden I thought I'm having none of this, I broke all of the rules and sat down in the dirt next to him and he thought that was amazing, he couldn't get over it, the, the whole rest of the day he just wanted me to push his wheelchair, he was holding my hand, he was putting his arm around me. And it's nice, because I can't really communicate with him, because I can't really speak Bangla. But it's just so nice, you know, just, just me breaking all the cultural rules in a way that just showed my love for him and Jesus' love for him, just made his day, and that was lovely. Yeah, what a great story. Thank you, John, very, very much. Just, just tell us for a moment, you asked us to pray for a few things. You were worried about what you would eat, we know from your diet in this country that spice is not exactly on the agenda. Uh, are you starving, hungry, or what? <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing very well, actually. I've, I've, I've got used to the food fairly quickly. Um, and if anything, I think I might be putting on weight, which is quite nice. <laughs> Imagine that, going to a third world and putting on weight. Very bizarre. <laughs> um, a, a few of the meals I've eaten have been so hot, I thought my face was going to fall off. It was ridiculous. But uh, I generally, as a general rule, I'm getting on all right. So, Brilliant. And you asked us also to pray for where you would end up for your third month away, uh, two months in Bangladesh. Uh, tell us about the plans that have now unfolded for your final four weeks. Yeah, it's been amazing, actually. Um, very much like when I was come to Bangladesh. Um, I knew I had this extra month of April, so I emailed several different organizations, several different people I know, to see if I can get different contacts, maybe spend a month somewhere doing something. And again, just like Bangladesh, one person got back to me um, saying uh, that they would love to have me, and I think that's just right for them. And it's a, a couple in the Czech Republic who are doing uh, community-based work, so it'll be working with the homeless, working with alcoholics and drug addicts. So I'll be doing stuff with them. So that's really good. Brilliant. Well, we'd like to pray for you, if we may, just before uh, you go. So let's uh, pray together, and the whole uh, gang here joins me as we pray. Lord, we're asking that you would bless John abundantly in these days. Thank you for what you've done through him, and thank you for what you're doing in him. We pray that his time away will change the lives of the people that he meets in different ways. We think of the man with cerebral palsy as John sat on the floor. We think of the man who is uh, being uh, persecuted, losing his friends and his family because of Jesus. Uh, and that sense in which John can say to him that we pray for him and stand with him today. So thank you for the difference that John is making. And we ask that you would continue to make that difference in him as a person through the sights and sounds and smells that you are leading him into? Would you open his eyes? Would you build his faith? Would you enlarge his heart? 
And we pray for the plans for uh, Prague, for the Czech Republic, and the work with the Salvation Army there, and ask that you would open up the way in every sense, and that you would pour out your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic to talk to you, John. Maybe we'll chat to you when you're in Prague as well. Bless you. Yes, that, that would be lovely. I would very much enjoy that. Thank you. All right, we're going we're, we're gonna to offer you a round of applause, which is our love and our prayers and our support. <laughs> okay, you guys uh, uh, go, go, go with Claire. We're going to read God's Word together uh, as we delve into what God was saying through the book of Samuel. <laughs> 